Welcome to the first episode in a very long time of Ran Out of Talent. Uh, we are brought to you by A&P Productions Laser Division. Uh, give them a call at 612-309-6023. Um, get a hold of Ryan Oz Klein. He'll uh, engrave any customize any of your RC gear you want or outside of your RC gear. He can engrave, let's say, your cell phone with uh, your RC company's logo on it, uh, whoever you're sponsored by. He can engrave just about anything. He's a great guy. Check him out also on Facebook at A&P Productions forward slash laser engraving division. That's A&P Productions forward slash laser engraving division. All right, let's get on with the show. I'm doing this myself for now. Um, kind of nervous about it. I've never done a podcast by myself, even though I have a, another weekly podcast with two other friends of mine called Savage Thoughts Podcast. Um, I've never done one of these on my own. I don't know if I can carry on long enough to do it, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm also looking for guests and co-hosts. Um, I want to do it weekly, so I know it's going to be hard to find a consistent co-host there um but yeah i'm i mean like brad gobar got a hold of me and said he kind of wanted to do it but he lives all the way down in farmington and i'm in elk river myself so you know maybe we'll figure out an episode where he can be on he's got a lot of thoughts about what is going on in the RC world and he he's a long time racer but we're also looking for other co-hosts guests all that I'm set up for two mics right now I can receive phone calls and I have Skype I can record many different levels on this all right so we are recording this on March 11th. Next weekend is going to be the very last um, techno off-road off-road series race in Omaha, Nebraska for the season. Um, I've been racing there all winter long. I I haven't been to Omaha since like. 2005 for on-road back then they didn't have any of what they have now they had the hobby shop and then the on-road track that's it um so in november i went to omaha for their their first winter series race just to race my truggy and i was very happy with the facility they have a hobby shop that is geared towards everyone um they have your racing equipment and whatnot they have parts tires whatever you need they they have a very a very heavily stocked hobby shop plus you know they also have your non-RC equipment, your science stuff, your looms, whatever. I, I don't really look into that too much, but they have a great selection of everything. So I went there the first time in November, um, and the grip was amazing with the Truggy. Depending on the temperature, you run M4, M3 hole shots, depending on the temp. Some people like the AKA gridirons. I do not like the AKA rubber on a Truggy. It's just not as good, at least not on a Mugen Truggy. I, sh I should be specific. The AKA rubber is not as good on a Mugen Truggy as Proline or J Concepts. Um, but some people were running the super soft gridirons, I'm aware of. Um, one one or two people made electrons out of um, uh, stadium truck tires and they put them on their truggy. But the big question is if you're spending 
five to six hours gluing together a set of tires are you are you really are you really is it really worth it is it is it really worth it that that's a big question there um gluing together tires is awful and when you got to do that much it's not great but anyways so i picked up an e-buggy after the first round the depth of classes there is insane so you go there sign up for e-buggy there's going to be 60 people in e-buggy about 30 35 people in truggy everything's so stacked 60 to 50 to 70 people in nitro buggy i'd say depending on the round um hold on i'm gonna pause all right i'm back i just had to let a sneeze out i've been holding in since the start of this thing um so i was talking about the e-buggy so the ace scale buggies they like uh the mc electrons or they like the clay compound gridirons i know some people are running um um gold barcodes or gold dirt webs whatever um you will need to sauce your tires at least a couple times through break-in it's just part of the game i'm not a huge fan of it but if i'm only doing it once a month hey it's no big deal um but anyways um all those guys at hobby town they put on a hell of a show next week is the last race of the season so i suggest to go check it out um use a holiday in hotel um and they have a hobby town discount for rooms for 85 bucks a night or you could do uh airbnb that's also another option that i tried this winter i enjoyed it greatly i'll get into that later um but yeah the weekend of march 18th will be the last race of the season also we have the upcoming the upcoming mnrc season in minnesota here the first race let me bring it up here i'm a little unprepared um the first race of the season's in april and i remember we moved it so i don't have it in memory the first race of the season is uh the weekend of april 22nd so this year with the mnrc we're starting practice a little bit earlier on fridays um some people didn't like the three o'clock start time for practice on friday some people loved it some people want to start practice on thursday yeah we're not going to let that one fly so we moved practice times up to one o'clock on friday so practice starts at 1 p.m on fridays from now on for mnrc races the first race is going to be at the motodome in browerville minnesota <sighs> lodging kind of sucks it really does so you got the eastwood in it, it it gets worse every time i go there um but that is your best option <laughs> unless you have a camper of course if you have a camper the camper is always the best option um the eastwood in is is still okay but it's turning a little dumpier every time i go there um last time i know a racer got a room with bed bugs and got the arms his arms bit to all hell um then so <laughs> senior and i decided to check out the browerville motel in browerville which you'd think it'd be closer than the eastwood inn because it's in the same town but yet it's 20 minutes away so we go to this browerville motel ah it's the worst Bates Motel I've ever been in in my life. It's 45 bucks a night. The rooms smell like cigarettes and old lady perfume. Um, deep shade carpeting. Who the hell knows what's in the carpeting? Um, one, like one total like light bulb in like the living room bed area. And it's plugged in to this sketchy outlet 
the the creepiest thing though i couldn't take a shower for the whole weekend um there was a there is a literal glory hole looking deal in it if you don't know what a glory hole is don't don't look it up so yeah the the 45 bucks a night it's you got less than what you paid for the browerville motel was a dump so i suggest you go to the eastwood inn um tires of choice though but the motodome is always a great rate race take away that lodging stuff the, the motodome is a great race um for the simple fact is the race is guaranteed 100 percent guaranteed um that's awesome and the track is always a good size danny and the loose nuts crew and david ohm and Corey hens they all do a great job building the track the layouts have been fantastic they've been challenging but not impossible it's a little frustrating when you go on to a track and there's blind spots or a jump to where one out of three times you might make it you know <laughs> it, it's those are a little frustrating they do not build layouts like that they build challenging but doable and fun layouts um also at the some of the mnrc races gas truck is coming back and we'll get in my true feelings about the whole thing about gas truck but if you if you have a 10th scale nitro truck bring it bring it with you uh they need eight to make a class if they don't get eight they're not racing you need eight to make a class it's a hard number just for the simple fact is people are like oh yeah we'll race five and then find our own volunteer marshals well, guess what that never happens so eight nitro trucks is gonna be needed to make a class um casey wright is currently making conversion chassis so you can put a ton of t5 parts i know you could take the whole front end off a of t5 and there's uh, he he's got it's he calls the truck the gt5 i believe it's a awesome looking truck he's been selling nationwide i know kendall bennett from a main showed interest in it i don't know if they made a deal or not but it's something to check out for sure so um check that out it's um so that's gonna be the weekend of I'll pull it up one more time. Weekend of April 22nd will be the season opener. Um, but we'll go through the full schedule here quick. Um, round one's going to be the Motodome, April 20. Well, really, practice is the 21st through the 23rd. Um, the race is the 21st through the 23rd. Qualifying's on the 22nd. Um, Duluth, uh, Proctor, Minnesota. They get three races this year. That's the way the schedule worked out, and the Duluth crew really stepped up last year. Um, they really stepped up their attendance last year. A lot of people don't know this, but like three, four years ago, they were in danger of losing their spot on the MNRC series because none of their local guys were showing up. Um, that That's part part of the reason. That's why Rick's Hobby Farm lost their spot on the, on the series. When we hold a race, we have our guys to travel and whatnot. That's two-thirds of your entries. But a third are normally the local guys who who normally don't do the whole series, but they do their home series or whatever. Um, the, for, for a while, none of the Duluth guys were coming to any of the MNRC races, but now they really stepped up their game. They had two races last year that went very well. Um, so they're, uh, they earned an extra race <laughs> and it's kind of the way it had to turn out too. But anyways, May 19th through the 21st is going to be um, Proctor. Uh, round three 
is going to be Loose Nuts. That's always Father's Day weekend, June 16th through the 18th. Uh, Loose Nuts, is they always have a hell of an awesome track. And a Father's Day weekend, there's always a parade. The parade usually starts right around the time the races end. So go see a parade off the main drag in North Branch. Um, then we got um, Duluth again for round four. This is going to be a fun one to bring your families to. That's going to be the weekend July 14th through the 16th. That's going to be um, the county fair there. Um, if you've never been to Proctor, Minnesota, or the Proctor track, the county fair is held. Hold on one second. There we go. The my my computer went to sleep, and I ain't know if it's still recording, but it was. <laughs> the county fair is, or the the tracks on the county fairgrounds, and then we haven't had a county fair race in probably since '09, and it was a blast. It's a great one to bring your families to. It's great exposure for the hobby. I highly recommend. If if you only make one. Uh, I highly recommend either North Branch or the Fair Race. Then round five is going to be August 18th through the 20th in Foley at Full Throttle Raceway. Um, it's a big wide open track. I expect a harder compound attire to be ran. Um, last year in May, we were running hard compound. It was warm, but uh, Sean prepped the track. It was a lot of grip, very fun track, um, so I suggest go to that one. Then we got September 15th through the 17th in Proctor again. And then round 7th is going to be, round 7 is going to be October 20th through the 22nd in State, or at the Motodome in Browerville again. So we got a full full summer racing plus they sprinkle in a few few races like there's going to be a bunch of races at full throttle i'm sure there's going to be a few in duluth whatnot um so yeah that's uh upcoming mnrc season i just picked up an e-buggy throughout the winter so i'm not sure on the tires i'm gonna try black reflexes at the motodome and I'm also going to try um, M4 hole shots, M3 hole shots, that stuff. For the Truggy, M4 hole shots is the way to go, I think. If it's a little warmer, M3. Um, so give that, a, give that a look at. So we haven't been doing this podcast for a while. And... I kind of I'm I'm kind of enjoying some of the mainstream stuff that's coming out with um with RC and whatnot. So since the last time we did this a few years back um we did this a few years back. Drone racing was getting big, but it's not like it is now. I've seen it on ESPN two. Um, Tim Smith, if you're not friends with Tim Smith on Facebook, I suggest that he's a very entertaining guy. He also has a podcast called the TSR podcast. Um, he can actually make drag racing sound pretty interesting and fun. He was on the Netflix show, the white rabbit project episode 10. There's a. Uh, He's going for world record speed for an RC car, which was 200 miles an hour. He was shooting for like 214 or something insane like that. They didn't show um, his best run. They only showed a run where he got like 176 miles an hour. Yeah, only. He really got up to 196 miles an hour, and then they blew up the roller because it, White Rabbit Project is in spirit of Mythbusters. It's got Carrie Byron, Grant Imahara, and Tori Bleachy, whatever his name is. It's got the three good guys from Mythbusters on it. 
And so they blew the car up, but he really, I don't think that was the same car, but he really hit a run with it at 196 miles an hour that they did not show. Um, so there's that. And there's also, also there's a documentary out on Vimeo. I'll pull it up right now. It's called. I think it's called This Is Not a Toy. Now, this received, it's called RC Racers, This Is Not a Toy. This received a little bit of negativity through the RC community. Now, I kind of wanted to talk about that because one of the guys they focused on, part of my language, but he was a complete dipshit. Um, <laughs> he's the one who says, oh, racing's better than sex. It's like, have you ever had sex? Come on. Also, um, at the end, throughout the credits, if you watch throughout the credits, he lifted up his shirt to show this ridiculous sun tattoo around his belly button in this dangly belly button ring. The guy's a dink, doesn't race anymore, he quit. Um, but the documentary follows a Midwest Nitro series. I don't believe it exists in that form anymore, but I believe some form of it's still around. Um, right after the documentary, the Midwest Nitro series, or the guy who used to do it, um, quit, which I totally understand. And I can maybe get into the reason why I quit my series later. But so he quit. And, um, but it's still, but it, it shows the reality of, of the, the hobby. It shows people's frustrations and the real work and the real money they put into it. Like I saw a WJON story for the Thunderdome thing they're building in, uh, in St. Cloud and, the guy wants to have races, but it's built by hobbies. He's like, yeah, I have $500 into this slash. It's like, yeah, you don't got anything there, buddy. Um, but they, but but this documentary shows the real money put into it, the real stress, all that. It didn't show the amount of fun racing is. Like, it's like, yeah, kind of fun, blah, blah, blah. That, that's one part the documentary was missing. But I really suggest that people check it out. It's It's been out for like two months now, I want to say. It's called RC Racers. This is not a toy. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a very accurate documentary. And it's much better than that Carpet Racers nonsense with uh, the child molester, Chris Tossel. Well, I can't call him a child molester. I should call him the registered sex offender, Chris Tossellini, in it. Um, <laughs> hey, that's a segue I got. So I was looking on my Facebook this morning. We, I, I, people who know me know I'm on Facebook quite often. And I saw in a friend's deal, he, he, he posted, this is unbelievable. And there were companies that, were advertising Chris Tossellini's excellent TQ and whatnot at the Roar Nationals. Roar Nationals are going on this weekend. I'm going to pause this and make my dog stop walking on the floor. Hold on a minute. All right, sorry about that. Got the dogs under control. I have an old pug. He, uh, all of a sudden, when I'm doing this, he decides to get energy that he's never had before and start running around. Um, but that's the nice thing about the stuff I have now. I can pause it, re- hit record real quick, whatever. It's um, it's a nice setup. I, I, I have a real setup. Like last time, we just had one compressor mic, and this works better. So anyways, I was on the Chris Tossellini subject. So the guy, he's a registered sex offender. And this is what's frustrating about the RC community. I'm sure Tasso told 
It was a little pro buddies, his side of the story, and they accepted it. He has sponsorships. They're going to fly him to Worlds or whatever because in April he just got um, got approval from a probation court or whatever to fly around the world to race RC cars, which I'm not even whatever. But there's companies out there sponsoring this guy. I don't care if he's the fastest in the world. You, you hire a sex offender, I'm staying away from your equipment, period. It's ridiculous that this guy has any sponsorship. It's ridiculous that he's allowed at an RC track. You know, people are like, oh, there's kid. There are kids at most RC tracks. There's not at, like, I'm sure there's not really that many at, like, Nationals or at, at bigger races he goes to. But on average, there are kids at the RC track. And you're allowing a registered sex offender to be at the track. I think that's a little messed up. I think the tracks really need to step up and take responsibility for what is happening at their track. I think Roar needs to look at allowing him to race at Nationals. If Mar needs to take a look at him, allowing him to race at Worlds, I think they all need to take a look at the guy. Grow some balls. Tell him to leave. What's he going to do to you? I mean, really, the guy, he's, he's not going to do nothing to you. Um, he, he should not be allowed to race. And that's one thing I'm kind of worried about with this. Uh, well, I'm not as worried about it with this Humpty Helms guy. There's this guy named Humpty Helms back a couple months ago or whatever. Uh, yeah, January. He's busted in Arizona for doing lewd acts to a minor. In the back of a Best Buy, I believe it was. They caught him on camera. He's in jail. And he was denied bail. But he still has a couple of RC friends on the outside helping him, which is ridiculous. He has a couple of RC friends that took his creep shots off his Twitter. He used to do creep shots on girls at the RC track and upload a, to this Twitter account named Creep Shots. He had a friend delete that, and he had another friend delete his Facebook page. So he has friends helping him out. So I don't know, guys. Just And, and I've heard guys around here saying, well, Tasso's not a bad guy. Eh, no, nah, he, he really is. And again, he, he's, I don't care if he acts like your buddy. I don't care if he's really nice. The guy is a registered sex offender, period. He shouldn't be at the racetrack at all. But, you know, some company, though, posted. Uh, l let me find the company quick. Um, some company posted about his fantastic TQ time. It was True Source. True Source was posting about Tassolini posted the fastest time of round two at the Aurora Carpet Nats with his Phantom powered speed merchant rolling on hot race Hagberg edition tires come on the the crap phantom i i don't think phantom wants their name on that either but the name is on there because the crap phantom got for when um tossellini i think he won pro 10 at the iic or something like that he won Pro 10 at a big race, and Phantom's like, ooh, look at that. Phantom got the most comments they ever got on a story because nobody was happy about it. You have this one Harley riding, well, I shouldn't, not all hillbillies ride Harleys. <laughs> but you got this hillbilly defending them, and then 25 other people being like, what the hell? It, it's ridiculous. The guy shouldn't be you shouldn't be promoting this guy all right well i'm gonna get uh down off my high horse a little bit and talk about gas truck for a little bit looks like it's gonna make a little bit of mild comeback could be a good thing could be a bad thing 
the reason why it could be a bad thing is because it's been, I want to say, at least 20 years since I've driven a format that they have in Omaha. In Omaha, there's four classes there, period. There's not eight makes a class, this makes a class, whatever. There are four classes, and that is it. And guess what? It's some of the deepest competition I've ever raced against. One second can put you from the bottom of the A to the top of the C. It really can. Uh, actually, last time I think I was in the top of the C, I was about three seconds out of the A, to be fair, for e-buggy. It's very tight competition there. And I'm starting to like that. But then I see this thing, the gas truck's coming back. And another thing is, how long can it last for on all the very little bit of old stock of stuff that's still out there? Um, they're going to have to come out with another 0.12 because they're running out of the OSs, they're running out of the dynamites. It's it's getting scarce out there. So they're going to have to come out with another 12. With a, I think they're using the old rotary carbs. I think maybe one or two guys are figured out a way to do the slide carbs. Um, the trucks, the, the GT5 requires a GT2 transmission. And again, they haven't made that truck in six, seven years. It's been discontinued for so long that they're running off all old stock there too. Um, I believe they're finding some new and packaged stuff, but that, that stuff's going to run out fast. So the question I pose to you, is this whole big effort they've been working on all winter, is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Uh, seriously, it's they're putting in so much effort with the amount of parts and stuff out there and with the amount of people buying these gas trucks out there and all that stuff, there might be enough out there for it to run maybe two seasons. And I know there's a couple, couple outliers out there that have tons and tons and tons of stuff and they can run gas truck forever. There's a couple of guys like that, but that's not many. Um, you're taking away in some aspects, you're taking away from other classes so they can run gas truck. But there is the flip side of that. I know of a few guys that are going to be running their gas truck at the MNRC that are normally don't run the MNRC that picked up an e-buggy to go run. So that's a huge positive there too. So it's not all bad and it's not all good. Um, I know there's four or five races it's scheduled for. I know they're skipping out on two of the races at least. I think maybe even three. They, they have a discussion going on about it on what um, what events they're going to run at. But I don't know, man. It's just, it, it is a lot of effort for little, little return is my opinion on it. But if they want to do it and they can make a truly sustainable class, like, like let's say two of the guys don't show up at a round and there's still 10, 12 other guys running it. Great. Fantastic. But I'm not seeing that. I keep asking the guys, well, come up with your eight. In each list, there's seven people on it. So basically all these gas truck guys, and there's other gas truck guys around. I, I've seen a couple gas trucks run on an indoor track i know that they've had a cup they've ran it a couple times at um, pegasus in california we're not california um so 
anyways, yeah. So basically with gas truck, I'm still up in the air about it. I'm going to wait until a couple rounds in until I really pass a judgment on it. But the gas truck guys, and I've said this before, the enthusiasm is fantastic. And that enthusiasm needs to be met with commitment. None of this, oh, I'm going to make two rounds. Uh Uh-uh. That's not good enough. you got to make every gas truck round that is scheduled. If you don't know what gas, which rounds are running gas truck, ask Danny Williams. Danny Williams is the head of the MNRC. Very nice guy. Or ask Corey Hens. Corey Hens is also MNRC committee member, as am I. I'm just not as focused in on the gas truck. But Corey Hens also knows the race's gas trucks will be ran at you guys gotta show up for this one man i'm telling you one race where there's seven or less that's it it's getting shut down no more Uh, that's basically it so anyways that that's uh my gas truck rant just because we've been running the way we've been running in Omaha, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to these deep fields. I like them. I wish some of these guys would, you know, maybe drop gas truck and pick up an e-buggy or drop stock buggy and pick up a truggy or, but, you know, little baby steps. People are going to figure out what they want to do on their own. I can't force them to do it. Well... I wish I could. <laughs> so anyways, um, another thing that's been coming along quite a ways since the last time this podcast has been up is 3D printing. Now, when the last time, I, th- I think we discussed this back in like 2013 or 2014, and basically they said, well, the plastic sucks. It's never going to work on RC cars. Just forget about it. The plastic has been getting better. It truly has. Um, J Concepts is using companies like uh, Shapeways and whatnot to design their own deal. Like the J Concepts has a couple of 3D printed parts now. I think they got a waterfall of some sort. And they have these little pretty sweet wire holders that they work like spark plug wire holders that they just hold your brushless motor wires close together to keep your wiring neat and clean. Um, But that being said, now companies like JCon are using it. They might work on developing better plastics. I know there's a couple companies out there doing 3D printed stuff already. Like there's uh, the ProStar guy. That guy, he he made a sweet Mugen battery box. But pretty soon they're going to be able to make legitimate suspension parts with it that are just as strong as they get from out of the mold. This... Uh, I don't know about this. Just for the simple fact is you're going to get smart people that figure out the compound they're using for plastic. I don't know if you could call them counterfeit parts if they're made on a 3D printer, whatever, but you're going to have guys that copy an A-arm to a T and sell it as their own. Or they're never going to buy an A-arm again. That's going to, that could kill the spare parts, um, the spare parts market. It really could. I mean, if I could, personally, this might sound insane, but for how long, I've been racing for 29 years. If I could buy a 3D printer for, let's say, 15 to 20,000 bucks, very high price, I know. But if I could buy that 3D printer for that price and I could print out my own quality replacement parts 
I could print out all the plastics on a brand new vehicle without buying that new vehicle and may only have to buy, you know, your chassis, transmission gears, whatnot. If I could cut everything I do, the cost of it down with that one cost, it would be worth it to a guy like me. Now, I don't know how many other people it'd be worth it to, but that the, this 3D printing gig, though, it it could help, it could hurt, but they're getting to the point to where stuff is better quality. We're going to be seeing legitimate suspension parts. There's a couple of guys in the old school RC group that was making this team car gig out of 3D printed parts. Um, I guess it was, from what I heard, it was, wasn't great. Um, the, the arms broke at a drop of a hat, whatever. But that's the first time I've saw, seen people actually use his suspension parts. And I guess he's been getting that plastic better. There's also a company out there called Orb Racing who makes the ugliest buggy ever known to man. That's the rear tires that are in the front. Front tires are in the rear deal. deal. Um, most most of the parts to make an orb car are 3D printed. So it's it's becoming more prevalent in the hobby. And a couple things could happen. Either Shapeways is going to be the biggest distributor of RC parts in the world or we're going to have a lot of lot more homemade stuff we're going to see a lot of innovation but a lot of that cuz a mold is insanely expensive it's insanely expensive to make a mold after the mold's made the parts are cheap to make but it's thousands and thousands of dollars to make a mold but we're going to see a lot of innovation, but we're also going to see a lot of innovation get buried because there's going to be 20 different suspension arms coming out for, let's say, the B6. There's going to be 20 different rear hubs coming out for the Mugen MBX7R. So the best stuff might get buried. Um... But uh, it might sort itself out. We'll have to see. But it's getting really close. Um, so let's see here. What else do we got on the list? We're, we're going to go into a little bit of a rant and rave section because I have two different ones. Uh, I have a company rant and I have a local track rant. So, Team Associated, the hashtag we are ace, A-E, whatever, that's silly. They decided to come out with a Formula One car. And to me, as a racer, I, I took the year off on road this year just because the new carpet I, I can't keep up with all the change and all that stuff. With the on-road, I'm the type of guy that I like to, at most, change my side springs or change the shock springs, change the front springs. Very minimal. At the end of the run, I just want to put the car on a tweak board and go. So I'm waiting until they figure it out with this new carpet. So, Team Associated decides to come out with an F1 car. You're like, probably thinking, Joe, why does this bother you so much? Well, it bothers me so much because they have neglected their 12 scale for so many years. So many years. Um... Let me bring it up here because, and th this does matter because 12 scale by far, 
by a mile is the biggest class at all, all the big events. All right, here we'll we'll, we'll pull up. A main has a release date on all the all the stuff. That that's one thing I like about A main hobbies. They say when it went into stock, so that's basically when it came out. Uh oh, it's not telling me. It's 2012, I believe. The 12. Let me see. Yeah, the last time the cars team associated has come out with the new 12 scale was 2012 maybe 2013 so right before the snowbirds they released an f1 car so i decided to do a little math the total amount of 12 scales at the snowbirds 101 12 scales total amount of f1 cars 24. You might think, yeah, it might be a little lopsided at this race. Well, at the IIC, there's 108 total 12 scales. To be fair, that's over three classes. That's stock, 13.5, and modified. But at the IIC, there is 108 12 scales and only 18 Formula One cars. This weekend at the Nationals, Nationals, nobody really cares about those anymore, to be honest. But there are 52 12 scales, and they're not even running Formula One this weekend. So this begs the question, what in the hell was Team Associated thinking? Really? Um, and then I, I, under the live RC announcement of the car, I, I, I type out, Wow, we didn't neglect the 12 scale. And Rick Howard responded, patience. What the hell do you mean, patience? And then people are like, oh, the car is done. It's ready to go. It's done. No, no. If, if the car is done, you don't release a Formula One car until your stuff is straight with your 12 scale. Until your stuff is straight with your sedan if you have one you do not release a fringe car like a formula one car i it's almost offensive are, are they going to release a pro 10 car before they release another 12 scale they still haven't even leaked pictures of a 12 scale yet this weekend is the nationals i have not seen one leaked photo of any new 12 scale, but it's allegedly out there on the track. And it very well could be. Prototypes could be. With the tw uh, 12R5.2, I know all of those guys were using, they're barely using associated car. They were using like a Xeon front end or red mosquito parts or whatever. None of their team drivers or I should say very few of their team drivers, but none of their top team drivers were using stock-associated cars. And it's been like that for years, and they've just been ignoring the class. They say they're not, but show me proof otherwise. They're, they, they release a Formula One car. I mean, Minnesota is a very small percentage but we're lucky if we can get a Formula One class going at two or three of the big events we have this year, like during a year. So Team Associated, whoever's releasing your cars or doing your R&D, get your shit together and release a 12 scale. Because right now, we don't believe you. Speaking of uh, big races coming up, um, a week after Omaha, the weekend of uh, the 24th, let me bring up the calendar here, it is one of the biggest on-road races in the country, weekend of the 24th through the 26th, and that is Motorhead Madness in Duluth, or otherwise known as the Minnesota State Carpet Championships. 
I don't even know if there's a Formula One class there. But anyways, it's a great time. Whatever. I I, I don't want to. I used to announce race, race direct it. I don't want this race to get stuck in my rant. So I'll talk about that in a couple minutes here. So locally, my rant is. So we have all kinds of RC tracks in the state of Minnesota. We have a plethora of outdoor dirt tracks. We have a ton of indoor carpet tracks that do very well, by the way, that do it correctly, by the way. Um, We also have AstroTurf Off-Road, our indoor dirt on-road track is going away in April, sadly. Um, There's there's a little, couple little indoor, we, we, we have a couple good oval tracks, couple good indoor oval tracks. I know they run indoor carpet at MMR, but we got two good dirt tracks for oval. So what Minnesota really needs, really, really needs is another indoor off-road track. So then I see the Baker's Hobbies in St. Cloud by this old driving range golf dome deal and I'm like oh awesome this is going to be sweet (sighs) no I I don't think it will be after I've been watching this thing develop it's a little bit frustrating so they're going to build a carpet off-road track which if it's done well if it's done correctly it's going to be cool. I'm going to I'm going to hold off judgment on that. But hopefully it's done correctly. Now the on-road track. That's a little 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 different story there. <laughs> so everybody's been asking, "We are are you putting a subfloor in?" Because the cement, it's in a dome, and then it's, you know, cement under the cement is going to be cold, cold dirt. And we all know that a subfloor really adds to an on-road track. And everybody's like, well, what about, what about Superior? They don't run a subfloor in Superior. Yeah, I got you there. The radiator pipes for the whole heating system in the building run underneath that track. I used to think I used to think it was its own subfloor because it has a basement, but the basement does not run underneath the track. But your heated radiator pipes run underneath where they lay the track down. And that's seventy percent of why you need a subfloor. The super flat billiard smooth surface that's such a huge positive but that's not entirely why it's needed the floor needs to be warm so it's like well what are you doing for a subfloor they're like well we're gonna seal it with what's basically garage floor sealer i'm like but what are you gonna do for a subfloor do you understand i said but it needs to be heated they're like well, the building's going to be heated. I'm like, but no, the floor needs to be, or the track needs to be off the floor. If you do not have a radiated, heated floor, basically, like uh, the track in Superior, that is unintentional. Like when they picked out that location, that it wasn't what they're looking at, but it was an unintentional positive for that track to have that so anyways they have they have nothing they're gonna have a heated dome which at best is that's gonna cost so much to have a dome heated to 70 degrees so it's not gonna be nearly as heated as it needs to be and it's not gonna have a subfloor and it's like well whatever 
hey, how big's your track going to be? 130 by 80. What the hell? Come on, use your head. We had a track. At the time, it was one of the bigger on-road tracks in the country. We had a track back when uh, TCHR, and it used to be Midwest Hobby and Raceway also, when it used to be in Village North. Is 125 or 128 in length by 60 feet wide. And it was so awesome for the Nationals. And it was so awesome for Oktoberfest. But it was garbage for club racing. Because it's so hard to build a groove on a track that size. And then they're going 20 feet wider. And then the view for a 12 scale on the back straightaway is going to suck. I ain't even ask them for what they're going to do for driver's tanks. Every time I ask them a question, I said, hey, we're going to get drunk and come up with ideas. That's what I think they're doing. They're getting drunk and coming up with ideas. Whoever's coming up with these ideas needs to be fired. They really do. Or if it's the owners coming up with the ideas, which it very well could be, they're the ones putting in all this. They're putting in so much money to lay a big turd. They're like Some people have called me harsh. Some people say, oh, I have a foul mouth. Well, guess what? I've been racing too long. People forget. Yeah, we're a racing community. But a lot of things people forget a lot of things racers forget we are the goddamn customers first and foremost we need to let the market dictate what happens to this give it a shot sure but you know what if it's not what you want if it's not great and you know they're not going to make it better let the market dictate what happens to them but they really need a racer to make decisions. I contacted a friend of mine. Because St. Cloud, that, that track, well, that, actually it's Waite Park. I drive, I've driven by it a few times. When I go from Bessburger in Waite Park to the podcast I go to in Sock Rapids, I, I drive by Sundial where the, the track is. It's, it's very close for me. It's like 40 minutes, no biggie at all. But I had a racer friend of mine. He's a very nice guy and very knowledgeable. I'm like, can, can you talk to these guys? I'm just too angry. I'm too brash. I've, I, I've shot my mouth off way too many times for these people to listen to me. And what he did, and I really hope they take him up on his offer, is... He invited him to Motorhead Madness to show him how an RC race is done. When we saw, well, I should speak for myself here. Um, I'm not going to bring up other people that don't want to be brought up here. When I saw their news story on WJON, um, we or I should say I, was like, oh, my God. There's a kid in there bragging he's got $500 into his tracks of Slash, doing burnouts in rocks. This is the worst way to get racers to come to your track, to have people like that. I haven't even asked them who their race director is going to be. Who's your race director going to be? How are they going to run the races? What format are they going to use? What racing program are they going to use? I don't think they have a clue. I really don't. It's very, very difficult for me to watch this happen just because this place has all the potential to be possibly one of the best facilities in the country. Very literally. But yet, they're just going to mess it up, is my initial feeling behind it. And I hope I'm wrong. 
I really hope I'm wrong with all this. But when that guy said, oh, we don't need a subfloor, I'm like, you're, you're just going to be a joke. That's all, all you're going to be is a joke. And, I, and again, I really hope they take take my friend up on his offer to come watch the races at Motorhead Madness. Because I don't think, I know one of their quote-unquote employees races at the 510, but I don't think the rest of them have ever even seen an RC track in person. They, they And this is from what I've heard so this is an opinion I got and then these people took the Oakdale store because um, Oakdale ownership changed hands a couple years back and they pointed that store to the ground and not only crashed it they hit the throttle on the way down so I really hope they don't build up an RC community and crash because that's also very bad too so Anyways, that's uh, <laughs> that's my rant about that. Um, I really hope they turn the ship around, and I really hope they get a couple of racers in there to really help them out. Minnesota has a fantastic group of helpful racers that, you know, honestly, right now, I'm a guy without a local track because maybe a burnt bridge, maybe I don't like the facility. Well, not, I shouldn't say I like. Maybe I'm not interested in what some tracks are racing. Right now, my two home tracks are loose nuts who only hold. Now they're down to one race a year and LSRCC. LSRCC is by far the best group of racers in Minnesota, in my opinion. Just a fantastic group of guys. So basically, LSRCC, they race weekly, and I'm not able to race weekly there because they race on Thursdays, and sorry to bring it up again, but that's when I do my other podcast. Um, so I get to go to their weekend, Saturday, Sunday races, all that stuff. But, you know, my, my closest home track is two hours away. It's a little frustrating. So, anyways, I want to talk a little bit about Motorhead Madness. I'm not going and I'm not racing. Um, I was offered very general, ah, sorry, I'm getting a little mushed mouth. I got a very generous offer from Kevin f to come up and run. He, he's got a car set up, perfect, good to go. There's two issues with that for me. Is the last, I don't want to be gone for two weekends in a row. I have a family. I, I truly do enjoy spending time with them. Um, so I don't want to be gone for two weekends in a row. And then last year, I personally left a bad taste in my mouth because I made the mistake of running two classes and race directing. I did awful in those two classes and I had an awful time race directing and I'm a year out from it now. There's still two guys. I really want to put a knee to their forehead that made my life a living hell at Motorhead Madness last year. And I don't want to go. I, I still, it's a still very vivid and strong feeling. And I really don't want to go there with that attitude. But that being said, the Motorhead Madness is one of the best on-road races put on throughout the year and this is one where to be honest the track is average to average good and it's only gets good because there's so many cars driving on it 
there is no subfloor, so the grip isn't at a maximum. Um, they have to fill a hole in and basically, well, no, maybe not. I think they moved the track and the pits around so we could fit more people in the pits and have the same amount of track, basically. But you just, you know, you don't get the same amount of grip, but it's still a great time because the racing is still very good. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're full yet. I, I would check if you're still on the fence, I would check and see if they're full. I know they're taking signups on rcsignups.com this year, but it's at a car show and the, the group of people you get watching is awesome. It, it's, you get a huge crowd of people, maybe a couple out of that crowd of people will become racers. It's happened before. Um, also walking around, checking out the cars, all that. It's also in downtown Duluth, which is also fun in itself. It's just a great race to go to. I suggest if you've never been there, um, and if, let's say it is full, I suggest going up there anyways, just watch, go check out the car show. It's at the Duluth convention center, the deck, um, it's um it, it's just a great time um the car show i think it's in Pelucci hall i f i forget exactly but yeah go check out motorhead madness i think i'm gonna wrap this one up um remember we're brought to you by a p productions laser engraving division Check out A&P Productions Laser Engraving Division on Facebook. Basically, if you have it, they'll engrave it. It doesn't look good. The, the engraving doesn't look great in woven graphite or black parts because it's just hard to see engraving and that type of stuff. But anything else, um, let's say you want a really awesome pattern for your notches on shock collars, he'll do that for you. He's going to engrave a chassis for me for my Truggy. Just put a little uh, ran out of talent um, logo on the chassis on the inside of the Truggy for me. You can do whatever. Uh, when I get my new phone, I'm going to have him engrave a little bit of something in that. He'll engrave whatever you want. Um, I'm going to try to post this on Stitcher and iTunes. So... Remember to subscribe, give us a review. Um, I'm looking for co-hosts, guests, whatever. So if you're interested on being a show on the show, get a hold of me. I have an extra mic sitting here. Or if you're too far away, call in, Skype in, whatever. Uh, we'll get you on, and that'll do it. This is. Ran out of talent. We'll catch you next week.